1: Late
0: today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls.
2: Remember these words if it doesn't fit, you must acquit.
0: Y'all from North
1: Carolina. I wanted to say I've been with y'all since the uh, daddy Castillo case, and y'all are wonderful. Um, this is Rhonda. I just hope y'all have a good week. Talk to you later. Do you know what I love? I love that accent. Is that what you're going to say? I love y'all. I do too. How y'all doing? It's so awesome.
0: I should do that this entire episode.
1: I mean, you could.
0: Or I couldn't as well.
1: Or you couldn't as well.
0: So interesting happenings around our parts this last couple of weeks. That what? rain that we talked about a, oh, has gotten thought, way worse.
1: I thought you were talking about different parts and I was getting a little nervous.
0: No, no, gosh, <laughs> no. Same happenings in those parts.
1: <laughs> uh, excellent. Continue on.
0: But the rain has gotten worse. Vermont got hit really, really bad. Really bad. Lots of places in Massachusetts and New Hampshire so and Maine. And like I said, our hearts are still with you guys. With that being said, just to show you how up on the stuff that I am and how serious I take it, apparently there was a tornado warning the other day that I slept right through. Yes. And when I woke up and I looked at my phone and I was like, well, I'm still alive, so i Guess it didn't hit us.
1: Well, I would like to give the creeps a little insight that around these parts, it's pretty rare to have a tornado come through.
0: I've seen two in yeah, my
1: lifetime. Yeah, I saw uh, up at um, the Lakes region, I saw one, but it stayed, it was a water funnel. Yep. It stayed in the water. But, anyways, it's pretty rare. It doesn't ver- happen very often. And <laughs> I got the said alert and it woke me up and I looked at it. And it was saying to take shelter in a bathtub or go in your basement. Do you know what Charity did?
0: (laughs) I know you as well as I do. You probably turned back around and went to bed.
1: Before I did that, I did exactly what you're not supposed to do. And I opened the front door, walked out on the front steps,
2: looked up uh, at the
1: sky and was like, huh. And then I returned to my night zone and my nice cold freezing tundra of a bedroom and went to sleep with the covers over my head and woke up and I was fine. Thank goodness. I
0: have The the worst part is too, I had fell asleep in my chair. So I was in the living room right next to the right big ne- window. Oh.
1: <laughs> See, you too then.
0: Oh, well, hey, well, if it was my time, it was my time. Guess what? I would have never known I was gone.
1: That's actually a true statement. Yeah.
0: You know, it makes you really think, Charity, when a tornado or a hurricane or something like that comes around, you never know what could get discovered at your property.
1: Oh, this is a good lead-in.
0: Look at that.
2: (laughs) That was good, Mark.
0: (laughs) Because man arrested after feds discovered home, quote-unquote, decorated with human body parts.
1: Oh, my God.
0: A Kentucky man accused of selling human remains on Facebook was arrested on firearms charges after federal agents said they found his apartment in Mount Washington, Decorated with dozens of human skulls. What? Let that sink in there for a minute, guys. Federal agents said they linked James Knott, 39 years old, to a network of individuals who allegedly bought and sold human remains stolen from the Harvard Medical School's morgue. According to the complaint, six people were charged with trafficking human remains last month when the alleged thefts, the alleged thefts from the Harvard morgue were first revealed. According to court documents, FBI investigators reviewed Facebook messages between Knott and Jeremy Pauly, a 40-year-old in Enola, Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. I think I got that right.
1: Is this, this isn't the same case with that guy in the morgue not too long ago in Boston.
0: Yes, this is all linked to all It's of that all linked stuff.
1: together? Oh, my God.
0: Yep, who had been charged earlier in the scheme. The two allegedly conversed about selling body parts
1: oh my god
0: court records show Polly has signed an agreement to plead guilty to conspiracy and interstate transport of stolen goods what i, I just I don't I, understand. i have so
1: many questions is there more read on oh there's more oh god
0: the remains found in Knott's how home were not believed to be from harvard morgue but he allegedly attempted to sell them to somebody connected to the morgue case wonderful According to the complaint, Not allegedly sent Polly photos and videos of skulls he was selling publicly on Facebook. You know, I mean, straight up there. What? It goes right back into the time where some of my d bag friends used to like post pictures of them smoking weed and stuff. Back when it was highly, highly illegal. Oh my god! I don't understand these people. Well, he went on to state, "These will be here soon. Not claimed yet." <laughs> I love charity's laugh right there.
1: This is so bad and so wrong. These people are supposed to be at rest.
0: So I do need to apologize because there is this is a swear and a direct quote. So I'm going to go I ahead and say I think that's okay. It. Yeah. Quote. Yeah, some of these prices are fucking garbage out there. I don't mind paying up a little for Shop Shack stock.
2: Oh, my God.
0: He went on to continue saying, makes things look good. How much? Total for the couple in the last video you sent, plus those spines.
1: Oh, my. All right. What are they doing with these? What? What is this? A, are they collecting them? Like, what are they I doing with them? I need I, to know so much more.
0: As I like to say around here, whenever Kristen asks me something, I go, I don't know.
1: I don't know. And then she
0: just looks at me like, I want to punch you right in the face. But
1: that's cute. That's cute. You're just being playful, Mark. I don't
0: know. No, I, that's my, I don't have any idea or I don't want to put any brain thought into whatever process this is. Makes sense. According to the federal complaint, Not had been publicly listing human remains for sale on Facebook under his name of William Burke.
1: Stop it.
0: It's an apparent reference charity to serial a serial killer in Scotland who sold his victims' corpses in the early 1800s.
1: Guess what Charity's going to need to look into.
0: Uh, you're going to have to look into this. Authorities conducted a search of Knott's apartment on Tuesday and reported finding several firearms, explosives, ammunition, as well as multiple AK forty seven assault rifles that were obtained from out of state.
1: Oh, so illegally.
0: Illegally and allegedly.
1: Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry, because you're right. Allegedly, illegally.
0: Allegedly illegally.
1: Alleged illegally. That's go. a good one.
0: That's a new shirt. Yeah. Case watch podcast. Allegedly. illegally. I like it. That's good. The complaint noted that before entering the apartment, officers asked not if anybody else was inside. <laughs> to which she responded, only my
1: dead friends. No. Th- come on. I, I swear Is to that- God. It's right here.
0: <gasps> inside the home, law enforcement found additional human remains, which included skulls, spinal cords, femurs, oh my God. hip bones, and more. Authorities describe the Skulls as being placed decoratively around his furniture with one of them wrapped in a headscarf and another in the bed where Not slept.
1: Oh, there is way more to this dude than we even know, I bet. Makes me
0: wonder what those eye socket holes got used for.
1: Oh. 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 Okay, guys, I just got that. And that's capital disgusting.
0: D- disgusting. Knot <laughs> was arrested on suspicion of possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. It was unclear if federal prosecutors would pursue further charges related to the buying and selling of human remains. Attorneys prosecuting Knott's case did not immediately respond for requests for comments. Last month, federal charges were announced against a half dozen people with connections to Cedric Lodge, 55 years old, who was fired as Harvard's morgue manager.
1: Yeah, peace out, you sicko.
0: According to the federal complaint, Lodge and his wife Denise Lodge alleged alleged uh, how did we
1: say that again? Il il no
0: alleged illegal alleged illegally. There we go. We just created it and we just forgot our own well, word. That's, that's People just, are yelling at the at the pod right now, going like, "You guys are again, idiots." We just
1: saw a red ball. <laughs>
0: They uh, allegedly agreed to sell human re- uh, human skin stolen from Harvard's medical oh, school. Oh
1: my god!
0: To Katrina McLean, who operated a store called Cats Creepy Creations.
1: Okay, what is going on? There's a is, lot going on in this world this that I don't know. Like a whole underworld thing that's just it been is. discovered. Of course, this is. Wow.
0: Authorities said McLean would ship the skin to Polly to tan it into leather.
1: Oh, my. Oh,
0: Polly addressed that was also charity punching the microphone. Th-
1: this is very Buffalo Bill from. Uh, yes. Silence of the
0: Lambs. Polly addressed his recent allegations in a long statement posted on Facebook saying that in most states it's legal to sell and buy human remains and pushing back against shame for collecting human remains. Quote, now I completely understand it's not everyone's cup of tea. I understand that some people don't show the respect others would see by liking it. But in my time, I have met some of the most intelli- intelligent, wholesome and respectful people you could meet.
1: Okay. Yes, if it's legally, the problem is you people have been buying these allegedly illegally, Alleged allegedly, allegedly legally from people who have passed on that their bodies are supposed to be go to rest and not be sold.
0: Donated For medical procedures.
1: Yeah, this isn't a medical... Tanning into leather is not a medical procedure.
0: What that guy was doing with the skull may be some sort of a medical procedure. I
1: mean, he could be conducting some sort of experiment. Brown chicken, brown cow.
0: (laughs) Polly stated that his collection of human body parts began as a way for him to conserve history, restoring it, and appreciate the wealth of knowledge that comes with it. There has always been a fascination with death and our own mortality dating back hundreds of centuries. Some fear it. Some embrace it. Some learn from it. That's just a fact. And that quote is from Paulie himself. The lodges have pleaded not guilty, as have McLean and other co-defendant Joshua Taylor, who is also accused of buying remains to resell them.
1: Okay. Again, you're doing it illegally. alleged, Allegedly. Illegally. Alleg- illegally. Okay? What? What is wrong with people? We don't care what your little fetish is, but do it legally.
0: I don't have any interest in owning anything human-related.
1: I don't. We remember we talked about the even just the little um, bunnies' foots that time that we used to get when we were kids. Yes. I don't even like thinking about that now.
0: All right, I did at one point have a stuffed squirrel. Taxidermy. Yep. Yeah. It was on a log. I and I remember very clearly how I got it. I was helping. A friend of a friend's family pack up stuff when they were moving. And I saw that squirrel. We made eye contact and we looked at each (laughs) other and I was like, it was like seven year old Mark. And I was like, I, I need to go home with that squirrel.
1: Did you know that it was, that it had been alive?
0: Yes, of course I did. I knew exactly what it was.
1: Well, I mean, it's like, it's like the heads on the wall.
0: I went over and I said to the guy who owns the house, and he's like, what's the deal with the squirrel? And basically, I made an agreement in lieu of McDonald's and five (laughs) bucks that they were paying me. They would give me the squirrel. And
1: you got the squirrel.
0: Imagine the look on my father and mother's face when I come walking home with a stick. It was like a log. It was like three feet long with a dead squirrel perched on it looking. See, I, I was so excited. I remember my mom was like, she goes. Mark Ryan Baudry. that squirrel <laughs> his, is not coming in this house. His hand's on his hip, guys. Oh, the hand went definitely on the hip. Oh, and she hip. whipped
1: out the middle name.
0: Yep, middle name. And my dad was just like, you're such an idiot.
1: All right, so I can more understand why people are into that sort of thing, because I know a lot of people that enjoy hunting, and they not only hunt and eat the meat, but they do the whole, like I said, animal head on the wall, or they, you know, have partially part of it taxidermed. I I, kind of like to remind uh, them of.
0: They mount it.
1: Correct. So I (laughs) kind of, it's not my cup of tea, but I I understand why people have a love for that. There's a
0: comedian who's named Aziz Ansari, and I, I think he's hilarious. And he goes, you know, that's not my cup of tea. Mainly because I don't like giant pieces of poo in my cups of tea. <laughs> he doesn't say poo. He uses the other uh, word.
1: But, you know, another, another thing I've watched. I actually have watched a documentary before on taxidermy. And the people that do it feel as though they pre- can't talk today, preserving the beauty of the animal. So I, okay. I can understand that. I really can. But. Human skin. I'm to just each not. Each
0: their own, like provolone. That's it's right. It's not my cup of tea, mainly because I don't like big cu- pieces of poo in my cups of tea.
1: Look what's going on. Charity's
0: got the tortoiseshell glasses out. <sighs> and they are coming on. She is diligently digging through her phone where she's going to pull up something, a creep center that we should possibly know about.
1: Yep. I sure. There's a couple things. So, uh, first off, let me just
0: <laughs> peruse through your phone let
1: me just try to find it okay got it so first off um we have a little update on remember athena strands the little beautiful soul yes. that was taken by the ups driver i do
2: My rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
1: Uh, And it says, judge rules that county agreement requires different counsel. A man facing the death penalty in a wise county capital murder case will soon have have new representation following a judge's order Thursday. District Judge Brock Smith ruled that a change in counsel was required in the capital murder case of Tanner Horner due to a contract um, the county has with the regional public defender office. The contract states that when a defendant is facing a capital murder charge in which the state is seeking the death penalty, and the defendant is indigent, the judge will provide court-appointed counsel through the RPDO. In the hearing, <clears throat> excuse me, in the hearing, Smith said his court was not aware the county had entered into the contract at the time he appointed Bill Ray last December to serve as counsel for Horner, who was charged with capital murder in the death of seven-year-old Athena Strand. Smith said that he became aware of the contract on July 5th and immediately notified attorneys in the case. So um, what does that mean? Right. Does that mean that he gets a better because it's a death penalty? He gets a better lawyer.
0: Yeah, I'm a little confused on that whole situation there.
1: Um, So Clark said the county first entered into the agreement in 2013. The contract renews each year. A hearing was scheduled for Thursday in the 27th First District Court and Decatur to discuss the issue. During the hearing, Ray argued that he should remain Horner's attorney, pointing out he had met with his client in the Wise County Jail 15 times, had developed a relationship with him, and had begun to plan a defense strategy. He argued that removing... um, He and fellow court-appointed attorney Steve Gordon could be a violation of his client's six Amendment rights. Ray also pointed out his numerous qualifications to serve on the case, including his experience of taking eight death penalty cases to trial. But it is not about me. It is for Mr. Horner, Ray said. He shouldn't have to change lawyers seven months down the road. Huh. After hearing the arguments, the court stood in recess for about 30 minutes while Smith considered his ruling. When he returned to court... Smith said he would sign an order to relieve Ray and Gordon of their representation on the case and appoint attorneys. Oh, huh. He said, I regret that any time changes have to be made in a situation like this. It's not how I would have planned it. But I have to look at a larger picture, Smith said. There can be circumstances where a judge, if good cause exists, can relieve the attorney. Hmm. Of representation. I believe good cause now exists in the case. Ah, this is interesting.
0: There's more here.
1: Smith pointed out that he was in no way dissatisfied with the representation of Mr. Horner, saying that um, was not an issue with his ruling. Ray indicated that he planned to appeal the judge's ruling. Horner was in attendance at the hearing but did not speak. Members of Strand's family and their attorneys in a civil case related to Athena Strand's death were also in the courtroom. Huh. Okay. So... Is this kind of against him?
0: Yeah, it's very confusing.
1: Very confusing. I would like to hear more about this. Especially
0: because he said he wanted to keep his representation. Because he's had
1: him for seven months.
0: And the lawyers wanted to stay. It just doesn't seem like anything makes sense to me.
1: Huh. If anybody has any more information on that.
0: Fill a podcast host in.
1: Because it's very confusing to me. So at first I was like, oh, is he going to be getting a better lawyer? But it kind of sounds like to me it's almost like... It's just a rule and they have to follow it.
0: Yes. That's what it kind of sounded like to me.
1: I don't know. Well, he's allegedly a douchebag. So I really don't care.
0: Well, I mean, he's still he's still a douchebag. He could be allegedly something else, but he's a douchebag.
1: True that. True that, I tell you.
0: Speaking of telling me things, you told me last week this week was going to be interesting. So what do you got for us? I
1: have a montage.
0: A montage? Like a morgue?
1: A montage. Of little stories.
0: I like these ones.
1: So I'm not going to... I'm just going to start.
0: Okay? <laughs> Go for it.
1: Some of you may or may not believe in ghosts, spirits, nope. etc. I believe in all the spooky things myself. To me, it's kind of like any other belief. It's personal and based on personal experiences. Mark, we know that you personally are terrified of ghosts, especially the ghost of Gilbert.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Gilbert freaks me out.
1: I... I'm not afraid of him because he seems to like me. He does. You, on the other hand, should take warning.
0: (laughs) I think so. He's definitely coming after me.
1: In today's episode, we are going to be talking about ghosts and murder. Oh, boy. That's about all I'm going to say for now. So let's just get right into it.
0: Jump in. Let's go. Buckle up.
1: Have there been cases solved by real ghosts in the past or present? I don't know. I thought this was a very interesting topic to get into and discuss. Are you open to all of that?
0: I'm open to anything you want to read.
1: In fact, many killers have come clean and confessed to murder saying that what they did was ha- that what they did was haunting them, meaning they were, you know, being haunted in their memories or were actually being haunted by the spirits of those murdered. Huh? Some of this info came from the online publication Cracked. Oh, boy. Like that. In 2013, a man named Adrian Deo, I think that's how I say it, came right out and confessed to murder of a woman named Jennifer Stewart. He told the authorities after he killed her while walking, he saw her ghost. The sight of the ghost of the woman he just killed was enough to freak him out and come clean. He later said that seeing the ghost of his victim forced him to change his ways and embrace God. Wow. We (laughs) should
0: have just sent them to meet uh, God. I know.
1: If if a ghost can change a killer into a God-loving person, maybe we should call upon them more often for this kind of help. Apparently. In 2017, a man named Jose Ferreira confessed that he killed Anne Joe Peck by pushing her down the stairs in 1982 because she refused his sexual advances. What a douchebag.
0: That's douche of the utmost level. But
1: think, this is 2017. Why did he come clean in 2017 when this happened in 1982? True. Well, he came clean because the 13-year-old's ghost wouldn't stop haunting him. Poor loser sounds like he was being tortured. Oh, too bad, so sad. Finally, a master douche, <laughs> he has a master in douchebaggery, <laughs> named Terry Childs, confessed to murdering Joan Mack and Christopher Hall. He was already in jail for murdering three other people when he confessed. He said the two ghosts were always in a cell staring at him. It must have been pretty bad because he murdered the two in 1984 and in 1985. I love this. That is actually pretty I wish weird. There were a lot more ghosts haunting the murderers.
0: I think maybe it happens every day. We just don't I know. I
1: am going to go ahead on air and call out all ghosts who've been murdered to go haunt the murderers until they, something bad happens to them.
0: I agree. I endorse that statement.
1: Okay, good. What if you died accidentally, but everyone thought it was your fault? That is exactly what happened to Lieutenant Desmond Arthur of the Royal Flying Corps in 1913. The Royal Flying Corps was the first like it, it at the time in Britain here is what Miss Wiki has to say about it. The RFC was the arm of the British Army before and during the First World War until it merged with the Royal Navy Air Service on April 1st of 1918 and formed the Royal Air Force May 27th, 1913 at approximately 7.30 in the morning. Desmond's plane crashed while flying over Montrose during his regular training flight. When Desmond hit about 2, 2,500 feet the right wing of his plane broke right off and it crashed to the ground. That's sad. Arthur was ejected from the plane and died immediately. Everyone was confused as to how this crash happened. Desmond was extremely experienced and was an excellent pilot. It was believed at first that Arthur lost control of the plane and crashed it. Clearly, he was not happy about this and knew he needed to clear his name because for three years, his ghost was seen by officers And flight instructors on the base.
0: He's probably standing on the wing going, this
1: fell off right
0: here. It wasn't me. I'm an
1: excellent pilot. I still am. His ghost was seen so often it even got some cute little names. It was called, quote, the Irish ghost or the Montrose ghost. The editor of the British Flying Magazine was a man named C.G. Gray, and he was the one that said the ghost was indeed the ghost of Desmond Arthur. Gray had been a very close friend to Desmond and believed he was haunting the base because of the initial report and wanted his name cleared. I mean, how else would you do that if you'd passed on? I
0: know you got to got to haunt everybody.
1: Well, there was another investigation into the crash in 1916. The findings of this investigation were that the crash was caused by a damaged wing. Gosh, apparently it was later noticed that many of the planes from that era he flew were known to have faulty wings, etc. After his name was cleared, Desmond's ghost was seen just one more time. It appeared before three men. These three men were part of his crew when he was alive. They said he simply appeared, smiled, and disappeared, never to be seen again. I almost feel like
0: maybe we put that ghost now so he's not happy. Maybe they want to be seen. We just, we just cleared his conscience and now he's probably miserable.
1: No, he's, no, Mark. He now we can,
0: don't know for sure if that's what that means. He
1: can now rest and enjoy his afterlife knowing that his name is cleared.
0: Who knows if that's what he really wants? Is it us for us to decide? He may have just wanted to haunt the base for the rest of his life. I and mean, now he's relaxing.
1: I Good g- job. I guess. I don't know. Here's another one. Maria Martin was born on July 24th, 1801. She grew up in Polstead, Suffolk, England. In March of 1826, she believed she'd found the love of her life. I in- believe. Oh, he, this is the first time you're saying during this, this episode.
0: I, it was needed.
1: <laughs> she began a whirlwind relationship with a young man named William Corder. I guess Maria was, you know, very easy on the eyes and was very popular with the local boys. Right up my alley. (laughs) So popular. She had already given birth to two children before she had even met William. (laughs) They didn't know much about birth control back then. Right. One of her babies belonged to William's older brother, Thomas, but sadly um, died as an infant. Her other baby, Thomas, was still alive when he started her relationship with William. Thomas was the result from a fling with a man named Peter Matthews. Peter didn't seem to be involved in his son's life and didn't have the urge to marry Maria, but he did send money on the regular to support his son. Good for him. William had quite the reputation with the ladies.
0: (laughs) I like the way you say that.
1: Let's just say it seemed like he got around just as much as Maria did. It must have seemed like they were meant for each other. William was also known for stealing and forging checks. (laughs) <laughs> he was actually sent away for a while because of his behaviors, but came back home when his, his brother Thomas drowned. In fact, shortly after he came back home, his father and other brothers passed away as well. So he needed to be the man of the of the family and take care of the family farm alongside his mother. That poor woman, right? Right. I can't imagine losing basically your entire family, but and one the only son, one you have
0: left is the scumbag. The forger.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the womanizing forger. For some reason, William wanted to keep his love affair with Maria quiet, but that didn't last for long because in 1827, at the age of 25, Maria gave birth to his child. He felt he should do the right thing and marry her. Right? I mean, that's good. I
0: would think so. Maybe
1: he turned his life around.
0: Definitely not.
1: Okay. The baby died before the two could get married. Some rumors say he or she might have even been murdered, but there is no concrete evidence to say if that is true or not.
0: Dun, dun, dun. Those were just
1: rumors. William had already made up his mind to marry Maria and they decided to elope. William suggested the two meet up at the Red Barn and from there elope to Ipswich. Maria's stepmother, Anne, was a witness to this conversation. William said they needed to beat feet because he had heard that Maria was going to be arrested for having bastard children. <gasps> <laughs> they were supposed to elope on Wednesday night, but then it, it was decided they would wait until Thursday night. When Thursday night came, William once again pushed off their union. Hmm. sounds odd. On Friday, May 18th, 1827, William went to Maria's home. Her step- stepmother was again a witness she said that William was adamant about the two taking off and eloping right then and there he said he heard there was an actual warrant for Maria's arrest there was no warrant so it's not known if William made it up or if he really thought there was one I'm gonna go ahead and say right, Maria, or not. And so you right it out and
0: say he lied
1: Maria was afraid of being seen because it was during the day William assured her it would be fine and suggested that she wear men's clothes to disguise herself. He said he would bring a change of clothes for her to change into at the Red Barn. William jetted from the house with the promise to meet her at the Red Barn on Barnfill Hill, not far from Maria's house. Maria left her home and head to the Red Barn. This was the last time she was ever seen alive. So, um, Corder also disappeared. But he turned up later, and he said that he didn't want her to come back with him just yet because he thought his family members would be really angry with him. I don't know, maybe because she like was going to be arrested. I don't know. But he told everyone that they were indeed married and living on the Isle of White. W i g h t, maybe right? Yeah,
0: wit, wit, white. But he kept
1: giving like all kinds of reasons why there was no communication from her. He pretty much said she was sick, she hurt her hand. Um, Or like the letter that he told her to write them got lost. Sounds mm. a little suspicious, right?
0: Something's odd. Well,
1: Mar- Maria's stepmother, the one who had heard all the conversations, was not buying it at all. And um, she was having dreams, very vivid dreams, that Maria had been murdered and buried <sighs> in the red barn. No way. Yeah. Well, on April 1828, um, she talked her husband in. To going to the Red Barn and dig in one of the storage bins, he quickly found the remains of his daughter. No way. Yeah. She was very decomposed and they couldn't identify her. But um, it was realized that it was her and those dreams were true. That one's actually, I, I somewhat yeah. believe that. Yep. Um, she was formally identified by her sister because some of her like physical looks on her body, her sister was like, "That's definitely her." But other than that, it was she was you know That's she couldn't sad. be recognized. Yeah, it makes so, me wonder um,
0: why. Because the baby it was not there anymore. That wasn't right, a concern. Right, he could have just moved on. I don't know. So odd to me.
1: But um, there was enough evidence to um, have an arrest on quarter. There we go. Yeah. So, do you really think that she came in his dreams?
0: I think this one probably yes.
1: You think so?
0: I yeah. This one I can see.
1: <gasps> Mark, that's exciting. Uh,
0: yeah. Let's let's not let, put the cart in front of the horse. Let's hear the next one.
1: Okay. This next one, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this one. Oh boy, then this I is definitely the second to the last it. one. No, no, I didn't say believe. I just said I didn't know how I felt.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm gonna hear you out. You are. I'm, I'm eyes are. Getting clothes, and you know when they're closed, it means I'm concentrating and listening. All right, go ahead.
1: Teresita Basa was born in the Philippines in 1929. She moved to the United States. She worked hard and became a respiratory therapist, settling into a job at Edgewater Hospital in Chicago, Illinois. No S. Well, it has an S. We shouldn't say the S.
0: I get yelled at at least once a week about this. Yeah, we know. Illinois He
1: he does just irritate. You guys, just block it out. Press mute when he says... When you know he's going to say it. Say what? Illinois. Oh, on oh, February yeah, so 21st, 1977. Amazing year. <laughs> like the best year ever. Nope. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. Magical things happened on in 1977. Anyways, in the early morning, a maintenance man called the fire department, stating there was a fire coming from Teresita's apartment. Upon arrival at the Pine Grove Apartments, the fireman found a mattress on fire. Underneath it was Teresita's dead body. Oh boy. I know. She was left naked with stab wounds and a knife lodged in her chest. Ugh investigators concluded that the fire was set to try and cover up the murder, obviously, right? That's sad. At first it was thought that she may have also been raped by the autopsy showed but the excuse me, but the autopsy showed no signs of sexual attack. So ugh, that's weird, right? That is odd. There seemed to be no motive for the hardworking working woman's murder. All who knew her couldn't think of any reason anyone would want to hurt her. Co-workers described her as quiet, kind of keeping to herself when working, and police discovered she had zero enemies. Zero. She was just a nice, hardworking woman. That's what everyone had to say. There was also almost no evidence found at the scene. Most everything had been burned in the fire, which was the reasoning for the fire, of course. The only thing that was found was a note that said... Get theater tickets for Capital A dot Capital S dot. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Police. Who that is?
1: Well, police thought that A S could be responsible for her murder. She did have a boyfriend at the time that she had allegedly, allegedly, allegedly had an argument with. Oh, sorry, guys.
0: You know, Charity. Most professional podcasts would edit that out. But we edit nothing. <laughs> That conversation just went, what are you doing? Recording with charity. Oh, I forgot. And I'm like, yeah, you forgot that we record every single day at this time. Every single week, I'm sorry, on this day at this time. I wish we could do it every day. Eh, that would be fun, but we'd run out of things to talk about. People I don't people think, get sick of us.
1: I don't know if we'd run out of things to talk about. People might get sick of us. That part's true. but That
0: part's true, but all right. Carry on, my wayward son.
1: Uh, okay. So the boyfriend she allegedly had the argument with was a possible suspect along with a handful of other people. But all the police leads were dead ends. And Teresita's case was unsolved. That's sad, huh?
0: I always feel bad for those ones that go undiscovered and unfigured out and unsolved. I hate that.
1: Well, just wait. Remy Chua was a co-worker. Bless you. Teresita's and moved to the U.S. from the Philippines as well. She and her husband reached out to detectives because they thought they had information that could help find Teresita's killer. Remy said that one day she started to feel really weird and couldn't explain the feeling. She described going into a trance state. This trance happened a total of three times. Hmm. When she was in a trance, she spoke with a thick Spanish accent and Remy didn't speak with an accent. Her husband, Dr. Jose, Chua, said that his wife said she was Teresita Bassa when she was in the trance, suggesting she was possessed by the dead woman's spirit. Dr. Chua said that while in a trance, his wife had this to say. Are you ready?
0: I'm, I am ready.
1: Doctor, I would like to ask for your help. The man who murdered me is still at large. Oh, that's an interesting way that a ghost would speak.
0: He's still large, like Mark. From
1: <laughs> At large, meaning he's on the run, Mark. Not as much funny, though. I would have lost my crap, though. <laughs> right? If you thought your wife was or your significant other, whomever, was possessed by a dead ghost who just got murdered.
0: Maybe that's why the previous person got killed. You never know. You never the know. The other person was possessed, too.
1: Maybe. During her third trance. Dr. Chua said, Remy said in ter- Teresita's voice that Alan Showery was the man that killed her. Very strange because remember the note that had the initials AS? Yes. The ghost of Teresita also told the couple why she was killed. As reported by the Claremont Sun, Alan was in. Ter- I feel like I'm very like a um, news person when I On say things like episode- this. episode. I know. Alan was in Teresita's apartment to fix her TV, but he thought it was better a better idea to kill her and steal expensive jewelry, which had belonged to her mother. <gasps> it's
0: not very nice.
1: Alan was 32 years old at the time and worked at the same hospital on the same floor as Teresita and Remy. Mm. Mm. Detectives took the information given to them and found the jewelry in the possession of Alan's girlfriend. Now, that's not a dink. Not at all. He was arrested on August eleventh, nineteen seventy-seven, and admitted to murdering the innocent woman. Alan Showery was convicted of murder. He was sentenced to fourteen years for the murder and four to twelve years for arson and armed robbery. But somehow, only spent five years in jail. I don't doesn't, understand how the things like this happen. Doesn't make sense. God, we've like every time there's a case where we hear this and we're like so shocked. Yet there's another one. I don't get it. Yep. No one will ever truly know how Remy knew this information. Some believe she faked being possessed and could have just overheard Alan talking about what he had done. The couple claim that Remy never met Alan in person, even though they worked on the same floor. Some believe she could possibly have been involved in some way. It was noted that she had been fired from her job, and it's not known why. Hmm. 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 Others truly believe that Teresita Spirit used Remy's body to get her killer's name out there. What do you think about that one, Mark?
0: I'm glad the killer was caught. Some Me way, too. somehow.
1: I know.
0: I don't know if it's paranormal related or not, but the killer was caught, and they worked on the same floor in the same hospital.
1: Interesting, but they did, but they didn't work together, Mark. True,
0: but still, something's odd there.
1: All right, this is one of the more well known ones. Let's
0: see if you can win me over. All right. I'm all Okay.
1: Ears. Let's talk about a woman named Elva Zona Heaster from Greenbrier County County, excuse me, West Virginia. Very enjoy the name, love it a lot. Think it's really cool. Um, and her she went by her middle name Zona. Oh, I like that. Okay, she used that in her everyday life. I like that too. I don't know if it's because I have a different type of name.
0: We need more of these oddball fun To names.
1: come back.
0: Yep. We got to bring it back.
1: Definitely.
0: Unfortunately, all the girls I went to high school named their kids like Lexus, Mercedes, Logan, Dylan.
1: Not that there's anything wrong with any of those names, Mark. You don't want the coops coming. From, coming. Oh, from. let me name my
0: kid after a car I can never afford. <laughs>
1: it, it. Listen, Every year, every 10 years, there's the whole group of names that for some reason are just very common names.
0: So there's five of us in my family. I can see it right now. My dad yelled out the window, hey, Toyota, Chrysler, Ford, Mercury, <laughs>
1: Sable, get your asses in here <laughs> Oh, right I kind of like Sable.
0: Yeah, but there is somebody named Sable. That's uh, an old wrestler. She is married to Brock
1: Lesnar. Yeah, but that's what I like. I like Sable. I think that's a good name. Okay, Mercury
0: so- Topaz Get
1: your behind inside It's dinner time What about like Just like toenail Elbow
0: You can make anything A name Mark do guess. you know What
1: a weenus is
0: I th- I think I should But I don't It's this It's not as much fun As I thought What you were no, going to show No it's the back
1: <laughs> Of your elbow It's called a weenus
0: <laughs> All of a sudden Charity starts you- pulling something out I was like Want to see my weenus I was like Absolutely
1: You guys heard it here Let me know If you know what a weenus is
0: <laughs> yeah, We just told them <laughs> All right, All right, carry I'm sorry. On.
1: That was a weird, like, that was rant. odd. Yeah, sorry, guys. Back in October of 1896, Zona met a man named Erasmus Stribling Trout Shoe. Again, amazing.
0: You couldn't string together a weirder name.
1: Hey, my name's Razmith. Want to go on a date with me? I one, like that.
0: One day your last name could be Toshu.
1: Toshu. Nice. I like it. Okay. It's been said that Zona was taken with Erasmus, who, Erasmus, who was a blacksmith, um, immediately she just, like, met him and was like, this is my man. I, he it was is. Love at first He's sight. hotter than hot. Like, I need to, you know, just.
0: No look. girl has ever felt, felt that way about me. You
1: don't know that.
0: It's always been like, eh, well, I guess you'll do.
1: No. <laughs> I know a girl that
0: No, no, she had to be sold on me,
1: too. No, she didn't. All right, carry on. She knew at that moment he was her soulmate. Oh. Yeah. The couple got married very quickly. Zona's mother was not happy about the union. She must have had a mother's intuition because it was later made known that Erasmus had, indeed, a criminal record.
0: Oh, no. Dun,
1: dun, dun. Just about three months into their marriage on January 23rd, 1897, a neighborhood boy named Andy Jones, who ran errands for others on the street, went to the couple's home to see if Zona needed him to pick anything up for her. It was said that Andy was around 11 years old. That's like, that's kind of a nice little gig for a young boy trying to make a little pocket change for himself. Right? That's cute. I picture him running to the door. Do you need some bread from town? Want to see my weenus? He had to.
0: Yep, had to. I'm going to say that all week.
1: Yep. Show everyone your weenus. Anyone you talk to, say you want to see my weenus.
0: That one of my friends listens to this podcast, and I'm going to see him this weekend. I guarantee he comes up to me and says, "Hey, I want to show you my weenus." <laughs> guarantee.
1: Everybody, show someone your weenus today when you listen to this. It'll make them smile. Although one
0: weenus at a time.
1: <laughs> oh boy. Anyways, little Andy may not have continued on with this nice little gig after what happened on this day. He went to the door only to find Zona laying at the bottom of the stairs. He quickly ran home and told his mother what had happened and then ran to the blacksmith shop to tell Mr. Shu what he had found. That must have been really scary for him. Erasmus appeared to be extremely upset as he ran to his house. When he arrived, he grabbed his wife and held her. Instructing someone to call the local doctor who was also the coroner. (laughs) When the doctor arrived, he tried to save Zona with CPR, but was asked to stop by, guess who? Erasmus.
0: So, question.
1: Yes. If
0: you are both the doctor and the coroner, you are both extremely good at one job and extremely bad at another.
1: Correct. Well, no, because the coroner pretty much... Comes when somebody is dead, right?
0: Um, all right, so I'm treating somebody on the table and they die, and he looks down, and he's like, "That person's dead." Yeah, did a great yeah, yeah, coroner yeah. job.
1: That's bad doctor <laughs> job.
0: Just saying.
1: Anyways, we're not saying anything negative about the coroner slash doctor because we don't know anything about him. Oh, I was, but he was told to stop Alleged the CPR
0: accidentally.
1: He was told to stop the CPR. By Zona's husband, which is very interesting to me.
0: It's very interesting.
1: Interesting. Why would he instruct the doctor to stop trying to resuscitate his wife?
0: Because uh he doesn't want her saved because he worked really hard, probably no. trying to kill her.
1: come on, Mark. That's not what's happening That's my here. I guess. At the time, no one thought anything was suspicious, and Zona's death was said to be of natural causes.
0: <laughs> yes, something was stuck Ooh, in my throat. Yeah, I guess it Sorry was. That.
1: It's okay. Um, She was buried in a nearby cemetery and everyone seemed to go about their usual schedules, except for Zona's mother, Mary Heaster. Again, I think at first it must have been mother's instinct thinking something wasn't right. What was her last name again?
0: Heaster. Oh, that's a little odd.
1: H-E-S-T-E-R. Like Nor (laughs) Heaster. I love it. According to the Greenbrier Independent... Again, news charity. According to the Greenbrier Independent, which is where much of this information came from, Mary started telling people that her daughter's spirit had started visiting her.
0: Oh, my God. That was the sound of the spirit.
1: Oh, my God. That's scary. She said the spirit told her that her neck was squeezed off the first joint. That's very specific.
0: That's oddly specific.
1: That was karma, guys. The authorities took this information seriously, or maybe Maria insisted that they investigate it.
0: Specific. There we go. I got There you
1: go. Zona's body was exhumed, and according to Greenbrier WV.com, her windpipe had been crushed and she had broke a broken neck, probably caused by strangulation. (sighs) Dun dun dun. Erasmus was arrested and went to trial. The jury quickly found him guilty of first-degree murder. He was sentenced to life in prison. Sadly, Erasmus never gave a reason for murdering his new wife. He died on March 13, 1900, while in jail. It's been rumored he died of the flu.
0: Oh, boo-hoo.
1: There's a s- historical marker in West Virginia near the cemetery where Zona is buried.
0: If any of our creeps are from that area... Definitely get a picture and send it into us.
1: Yeah, a picture of the marker. I mean, you can see it online. But Um, that's not as
0: cool as a real picture.
1: But like, this is kind of, this case is known to be the most believable case of a ghost solving their own murder.
0: Do you know, I kind of takes off on that. I'm getting more into tangible things now. I want real pictures, I want real stuff sent to me.
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: I want real stuff in my life. And there's people in Australia. Who want Case Watch yes. Crime Creep stickers. Yep. So I am going to reach out to a couple creeps I know that live in Australia. And if we have a couple that maybe live in the England area yep. or where, wherever. Canada. Canada.
1: I know we have we have a good amount in Canada, maybe too. Maybe
0: what I'll do is I'll send a little store of stickers to these individuals to send out to people locally if they would be so willing to do that so. would be
1: amazing because it would be worth spending the extra money if it was kind of a bulk type of if I
0: sent you know like 20 stickers to somebody in Australia and they and sent out 20 them. locally I
1: would love that so anyone who would love for that to happen reach out to either me or Mark and we would love to make that happen
0: absolutely
1: know what else what's that we are getting more and more creeps on our page
0: yes we are
1: every day it says you have Three more creeps to welcome. You have seven. You have...
0: I like the chat, even if I'm not responding. Oh, I, I do too. I read it every single day, and it likes, it's my ha moments of the what day. What I
1: love, too, is not a day goes by that one of them doesn't say, good morning, everybody, hope you have a great day. And I think just hearing that, if you're having not a great day, is just like, you know what? Someone just wished me to have a good day.
0: That right there is the musical equivalent of... To R.E.M.'s Shiny Happy People.
1: Yes!
0: Shiny Happy Uh, People Falling.
1: Anything to sing.
0: I love that song. That one makes me happy, but so doesn't... You know, you never know what someone's going through. You're right. That's true. So if you get a good day in the Case Watch Crime Creep group... It may have just made your day.
1: That's right. Or if you're having a bad day, maybe just say that and see if anyone has a little some inspirational something to tell you.
0: The one other thing that makes me have a great day is when people reach out to the text and voicemail line at 603-212-4600 and they do the right thing and leave a funny voicemail so we can play it for everybody.
1: And what else do you like that would help Five us grow?
0: Five star reviews yes. on Apple Podcasts.
1: Yes. Or
0: your podcast player of choice.
1: Yes. Because we do this for fun.
0: Yes, definitely for fun.
1: We want to keep doing it. And if any any help like that helps us to be able to continue to do it.
0: Do you know what else helps us? What? When people just share the podcast. Oh, yeah, you guys. Just share it. Share hey, it. These are these two idiots from yeah. Massachusetts area who like to talk about crime, but then they end up talking about themselves instead.
1: Yeah, but crime is in it too. A little bit. We have to make it funny. Or fun, because these cases, and you know, there are people that are true crime enthusiasts that don't want to hear they anything. They hate
0: our cases.
1: But the true crime. They, they don't hate the cases, they hate the Oh no, no,
0: they hate us. They because, hate us. And I don't care, this yeah. podcast is not for you.
1: Well, I feel like it softens the horrific things we talk about, because these things are really horrible, and it, it could be a huge downer if you don't add some fun things in between the And cases. at the end
0: of the day, this is me and Charity's comedy outlet. Yeah, this is and what we do. we love talking true crime and having fun we just used to do this by ourselves yep now we record it and share with all you creeps
1: yeah we'll see you on the next one bye guys